Hi, friends. Welcome to Encouraged and Equipped. On this podcast, we introduce you to the women of Christ Chapel Bible Church. We share our stories to encourage and equip each other to live out our faith in Jesus. We are so glad you're here. If you have ever felt distant from God, you are not alone. Sometimes we walk through spiritually dry seasons because of our own choices, and sometimes for reasons we just don't understand. In this episode, Judy Clark and Cameron Ward join Misty Denman to talk about seasons of dryness in their own lives, how God has used those seasons, how they've battled through them, and what they do to pursue intimacy and joy with God. Here's their conversation. Hey there, I'm Misty Denman, and I'm here with my friends Judy Clark and Cameron Ward, and we are going to talk about a topic that may not be super fun, but I think is something that we all have um, wrestled with at one point or another if we walked with the Lord for long, which is spiritual dryness. And when I talk about spiritual dryness, what I really mean by that is just those stretches or seasons of life where you don't feel close to the Lord. Um, doesn't necessarily have anything to do with um, our true relationship with Him, but just how we um, are sort of experiencing our walk with the Lord. So we're going to get into that a little more deeply, but before we do, um, want to make sure you kind of have an idea of um, who you're going to be uh, listening to today. Mentioned Judy, good friend who is both a professor of nursing and a realtor and actually a woman of many talents. One of my my favorite things about Judy is how much she liked dogs. Actually, all three of us in this discussion today are huge, um, either dog people or just pet people in general. We are all dog owners, love our pets very much. And ferrets. And I have ferrets too, yes. <laughs> or one ferret now had only had two, but have one right now, yes. Any other, have you ever had any other interesting pets? I, I had a rabbit that uh, lived alone and my mom insisted that we get him uh, neutered and the vet said, I hope I did that right. When we picked him up and he was never the same. And so that was my only other interesting pet that lived out. Of a vet who says, I'm not sure if I did that right. Well, he'd never done a rabbit before. Oh, oh, it was because it was a rabbit, which is different than a dog or whatever. And in rural North Carolina, you know, it was. He probably hadn't had to neuter a lot of rabbits. What was the rabbit's name? His name was Thomas, named after my late grandfather. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Judy, and you currently have four dogs right now. Tell us the names of your four dogs because I think they're precious. Amelia Earhart, uh-huh. Orville Wright, uh-huh. Red Baron, uh-huh. and Jet, like Jet Fuel. I love it. But so, I did have four cats tell us that about were those. Calvin, Wesley, Luther, and Augustine. And I have had a rabbit. You've had a rabbit? I had a rabbit. Oh, okay. So we've all had sort of, I guess rabbits are sort of unusual. I also had hermit crabs in college. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Fish. Anybody ever had fish? Of course, like goldfish. But. Yeah, but only for like three days. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We won't yeah. tell the story about that. But, <laughs> all right. We'll get into our topic today because I really am interested um, to hear what you gals have to say. I think you have such great just wisdom and insight and love you both so much. Uh, so like I said, when we talk about spiritual dryness, those seasons where we're just not feeling connected to the Lord. So I really just want to hear your stories. I, I just want to open it up and, and say, tell us about a time where you have 
experience what you would call maybe a spiritual drought, um, a, a, a stretch where you just weren't connecting with the Lord the way you wanted to? What did you learn? What happened? How'd you snap out of it? Just tell us your stories and we'll kind of discuss as we want. And Judy, do you want to start? Sure. Um, one of the things that you said, Misty, in your definition of spiritual dryness, that it's just a feeling of maybe separation mm-hmm. or a dry time with the mm-hmm. Lord. And I think maybe that's part of the problem. Mm. I think part of the problem is that um, faith is not a feeling. So I had a good. friend a long time ago write a book, and the title of it is Faith is Not uh-huh. a Feeling. And it is so easy for us, maybe particularly as women, mm-hmm. but for everybody, to think faith is a feeling. Mm-hmm. And it's not. Um, I can feel a certain way, but what God says is true, whether mm-hmm. I feel it or not. Mm-hmm. God, I feel lonely. But you say you'll never leave me or forsake you. Mm -hmm. I feel anger, Mm -hmm. but you say you fight my battles for me. Mm -hmm. So I think um, for us as Christians to maybe put less emphasis on how we feel and more on what the truth is, I've thought a lot about, I'd like to write a book that's called like, But You, God, where I write it like the Psalms. Here's what I'm feeling. I feel this. I feel this. But you, God, say this. Or mm-hmm. but you, God, have done this. Mm-hmm. Because I think we we just want to sit in our feelings. Mm-hmm. And not too long ago, I was explaining something to a friend and telling her something that was going on. And she said, you're just overthinking this. And the truth was, I was overfeeling it. Oh, stop and I say needed, that again. You I weren't needed. overthinking it, you were overfeeling it. Yeah, she said, you're just overthinking yes. this. I'm like, no, I'm really overfeeling it. I'm just all <laughs> up in my feelings about this thing. And what the truth is, is this. And so even for me, I really try to journal that way, uh-huh. write out what I feel, but you, God, mm-hmm. You, God, say this is true about me. You, God, say this is true about my future. Mm-hmm. You, God, say you take care of me. So... I want to stop and make an observation. One, because I love that so much because I do think, I don't want to stereotype us, but I do think probably as women we have more of a tendency to overfeel maybe than men do. But the way you're able to replace your feelings with truth is because you knew the truth. You have had to have spent some solid time in the Word to even know where you're what would you call that? What do you call that? What your, your what your foundation is, what your anchor is, what the truth really is to combat those feelings. Um, yeah, Just read Psalms. <laughs> it's the whole book of Psalms. Agreed. David, you know, whining about this, yeah. and but you, God, will you know? You're my rock. You're my fortress. So yeah. I do like that thought about the Psalms. I'm working through Matthew right now uh, in conjunction with our Sunday uh, study here. At the while we're recording this, we're in the middle of Matthew and Sundays at Christ Chapel, and so I've been doing that on my own. But I woke up this morning just feeling off, sort of emotionally, and I thought this is not a Matthew day. This is a Psalms day. So I just went through a couple Psalms. So I I, I am tracking with you on that one for sure. And Cameron, before we um, hear from you, I forgot to sort of introduce you the same way I did Judy. So Cameron is one of our leadership residents here at DTS. She's a recent Auburn graduate with a degree in English literature, which I love so much. Um, And, you know, we know about your poorly neutered rabbit. So (laughs) what else do we need to know? Very poorly neutered. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so... Cameron, tell us about a time where you have had that season of dryness. What do you think caused it? What's some lessons learned there? There are two that really come to mind. One of them is uh, in high school, toward the end of my high school mm-hmm. um, career. Uh, I knew that I 
I was indwelled by the Spirit. I actually knew I'd been called to ministry at that point, but was having a really good time doing what I wanted to do. I was in kind of a culturally Christian environment, and uh, we all knew the truth, but there were varying levels of obedience to that and how seriously we took the truth. And so um, that season of spiritual dryness was pretty willful. I was willful in my sin. I was having a good time. I didn't really... I wanted there to be several degrees of separation between me and what the Spirit was doing um, because I didn't want to be convicted of my sin. I didn't want to have mm. to give it up. And I, um, it was spiritually dry, but there were other springs that I was kind of looking to to, mm-hmm. to quench what I was looking for. Um, and then another one was actually about a year ago when I moved to Texas, um, fresh out of college. I've talked on another podcast about my mom dying. And so I that one-year anniversary had just passed, which was a very intense spiritual time in my life. And so I moved to Texas. Everything's new. All my family is in North Carolina. Um, and here I am. And mm-hmm. I'm in seminary. And everything around me is changing. And I think I thought that my... Uh, the barometer of my spiritual life would just keep kind of clicking mm-hmm. the way it had. Mm-hmm. And I was academically pursuing spiritual things in mm-hmm. ministry. But the truth was that I, within a, a month or two, figured out that my spiritual life felt very dry mm-hmm. and didn't really know how I got in there and how to get out of it and why this was happening. I mm-hmm. thought this was supposed to be a time of spiritual growth and mm-hmm. all of these things. And really there was more at play there mm-hmm. than I realized. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I'd say one season was pretty willful, and mm-hmm. another one I kind of mm-hmm. looked up one day and thought, oh, my gosh, mm-hmm. when was the last time I talked to the Lord? And mm-hmm. I don't really want to read my Bible. Mm-hmm. And so, Yeah, so between the two of you, um, and then I'll add mine in, too, we've got, hey, sometimes we're just not feeling it. Nothing's really going all that wrong. It's just we're in a, a stretch where the emotions aren't necessarily there. That's an okay thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes it may be caused by whatever big life transition or stressor mm-hmm. or you know change type thing, and then sometimes it is a willful um, decision. And I know that uh, we had talked earlier to one time for me that Cameron, I know that you also have shared. Uh, there have been some seasons of spiritual dryness connected with true, I would say, clinical depression, mm-hmm. um, and. Um, worked through that with counseling and a doctor and that sort of thing. And and I can feel those cycles now um, and sort of know how to respond to those. But one of the things I learned during those seasons of depression, particularly the first few, um, with some great help from spiritual mentors and a counselor was, hey, sometimes we do have to address our mental health issues in order to be able to address our spiritual issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes it's just uh, a matter of a little bit of... Um, having to ig- ignore some of our feelings um, and think, hey, I know I'm going to stand on the facts of who God says I am, he, who He says our relationship is. Uh, so there's a lot of different... I, I kind of appreciate that we all have different places that we've been to, uh, different stages of life. I wanted to mention too, Cameron, you're 23, I'm 47, Judy, you're 60, and all of us have um, walked with the Lord for different lengths of time, and all of us would say it's probably very normal to have sort of seasons and cycles of uh, times we think, I can't wait to get up and spend time with you this morning, Lord, and talk to you all day long, and then 
other seasons where um, we don't feel yeah. quite that way. Honestly, I think sometimes we want to be spiritually dry. I mean, tell me more. I, I'm just being honest, but yeah. I think there's times that you go, you know what? God, go do your thing. I'm going to do my thing. I'm going to do what I want to do. I'm going to think what I want to think. I'm going to say what I want to say. I'm going to spend my money the way I want to spend my money, whatever the topic is. Mm-hmm. Um, I I want to be disobedient. I mean, mm. honestly, I think sometimes we go, you know what? <laughs> I'll catch up with you later. But right mm-hmm. now I've got some stuff going on that I want to deal with myself. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like, um, you know, I asked a friend of mine, Sue, about her thoughts on this, and she uh, told me, reminded me about Romans 8, 5, and 6. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. For to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the Spirit is life and peace. And so there's times in my life where I want to set my mind on the flesh, on whatever I want naturally. And then I think eventually it doesn't work, <laughs> or it's not satisfying because it says if you set your mind on the Spirit, there's life and peace, mm. and eventually we want life and peace. And so I think you come back to that going, oh, dang, that didn't work. Mm-hmm. Or it worked for a minute. felt good for a minute. felt good to say that or not say that or be a part of that or not be a part of that. But eventually, I want to set my mind on the things of the Spirit. I want to deny myself. I want to think of people as more important than mm. myself. I want to love people. I want to pray for people. I want to lay up for myself treasures in heaven. All those things, you eventually come back to it. Mm-hmm. Because, because the, we're believers, yeah. because we have God's Spirit And in Bill us. Bright used to say, the most miserable person on the planet is a real believer who's not being obedient. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. A non-Christian who's not being obedient, that's fun. Yeah. But a real believer who's not being obedient, the Holy Spirit is going to nag you and convict you until you come back. And so I think there are times that we go, you know what, God, I'm ignoring you for a minute. Mm-hmm. But eventually you come back and you're like, oh, this is so much sweeter. Yeah. It's so much sweeter yeah. on this side. Yeah, And that was what changed for me, like um, early college, where I just realized I got to a point where I thought... Okay, I know that what the Lord has for me is better. I know that obedience Mm. would actually lead to life and that these other things that feel life-giving are counterfeit. Mm, Great word. But I could continue to choose what I want, continue to choose these counterfeit things, or I could turn to the Lord. And because I was indwelled by the Spirit, um, that was an option for me. Like you said, for the unbeliever, they have no idea Mm -hmm. and, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever. But uh, for the believer, there is something that is saying, no, 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 this isn't right. And this isn't actually fulfilling. And maybe this season of dryness, like it doesn't have to be this way. And um, yeah, that was something for me where I kind of had to choose. And that was the turning point on that season of dryness. So both of you have sort of talked about these seasons where there was a bit of willfulness in that willful, willful disobedience, willful sinfulness. Was there anything as you look back that anybody that was walking alongside you either said or did that helped you turn back towards the Lord? Can you think of anything? Or was it just God's Word or, or the, you know, the, the, the Holy Spirit using what you knew of God's Word in you that sort of helped you in those seasons where it really was more about your disobedience than anything else? Um, yeah, I, I had a, a mentor that I knew was uh, – 
gonna be calling yes and I I was kind of living this double life and I just thought you know I'm brand new in college and so finally I can kind of full throttle my double life in a way that I couldn't under my Mm -hmm. parents roof and um I kind of realized that it's gonna be harder to hide and so I can either like turn and submit to the Lord and then answer her honestly, or we can just kind of do this thing, you know, where she asks and I give a half answer. And so I think that was something that just having someone check in and give that accountability made, made me yes. realize that I need to pick soon. Yeah. Uh, what, who I will serve. Yeah. And, um, and actually I had another phone call with someone else who was, truly not very well-meaning, but she kind of said, like, get it together. You, you need to figure it out. And I was like, okay, I guess, yeah. I guess today's the day I choose. Yeah. Um, I love how sometimes the Lord can use people that, we, hey, we may not like them. We may not have a great connection yeah. with them, but he can speak through and use anybody. And, and, and I knew yeah. the truth. And so yeah, I, right. I knew. You were sort of primed, I, I feel word. like, to hear it. Yeah. yeah. I knew the word. And so I just needed someone to kind of say it back mm-hmm. to me because I didn't really want to open my mm-hmm. Bible and read it myself. Well, that's what I was going to ask you next. Or either of you, as you kind of realized, hey, I'm done with this. I, I'm, I'm convicted in my spirit. I do not want to be willfully disobedient or distant from the Lord anymore. What did you do, say, think at that point to sort of reestablish those um, things that drew you back close to the heart of God? Either of you. I think one thing for me, as I love music, I've always loved music. And so I feel like... um, Reading the word, of course, mm-hmm. and I, honestly, like your English literature, I went to the library once in my whole college career. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not a reader. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm in a book club now, which is a really a joke because I usually read about <laughs> one book a year. Um, like I'm just not a reader. There's your accountability, right? Right. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. Gosh. Um, and now I've discovered audiobooks, so I'm yes. still not a reader. I yeah. kind of listen. It, that but, totally counts. Right? So I've always kind of felt like these people, like I lived with some of y'all listening, knew Sally Klingman, and she died almost a year ago. But Mm. Sally was a true student. Yes. It was natural for her to read her Bible. It's natural for her to study. I don't care if it's what the subject is. That is her natural go-to. I'm a natural. I want to do stuff. Mm -hmm. So I always kind of felt guilty that... Growing as a new believer, they're like, you've got to have a quiet time, and it's 30 minutes, and here's what it looks Mm -hmm. like. And it was very in a routine in a box. I'm like, okay, I'll really try, I'll really try. And most of the time, I just felt guilty because I don't, I'm that's not me. So I do think music, memorizing Mm -hmm. things, I like to memorize scripture, I like Mm -hmm. to memorize hymns, I like to, um, listen to things like that. That is more effective for me. So that kind of helps me get Mm -hmm. out of a rut. Um, journaling, of course. Mm-hmm. But I think it's important to be disciplined to know God's word, but to kind of find out you're bent in it. Mm-hmm. Like, I always kind oh, of that's felt great guilty. wisdom. I just yeah. felt so guilty. Like, yeah. I can't really study. I'm not a good student. Yeah. Well, when I was working on my master's, I had to set my timer for 15 minute increments. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't do it. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just that's not right. in me. Mm-hmm. So, I'm not going to miraculously change my ent- entire personality and temperament that I'm going to become this great student mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. sit there and, you know, do exegesis of whatever and the hermeneutics of... Mm-hmm. It's just not me. That's mm-hmm. not my thing. Mm-hmm. So to find out, how do I connect with a person? Mm-hmm. How do, is there yeah. any way that that can overlap with how I'm going to connect with 
God. And one of the things that sounds so mystic, but is nature. I love noticing the sky. I love noticing things he's created. And I and I have a creative bent to me. And I like noticing what he's created and and how does that reflect who he is. And that's one of the things Sally and I, every time we saw a beautiful sky, we would say, Psalm 19, the heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day, they pour forth speech. Night after night, they reveal knowledge. Every time we saw the sky, we would think mm-hmm. of God and what he's done. And so it's things like that for me. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. For other people, you're a real student, yeah. whether it's a student of chemistry or whatever yeah. it is, then that's going to be your bent yeah. to go to the word, to study, to learn it. Yeah. But I just kind of absorb things in a different way. Yeah. I really love that. And I don't think it sounds mystical at all because I think a lot of the scripture writers talk yeah. about God's creation. And I happen to have that same bent as you do. I really feel like I connect with the Lord when I walk, when I'm you know, outside, not not walking in on inside on a treadmill, but walking outside <laughs> uh-huh. and looking at Noticing. the trees and the branches and the skies and the, all of that as as well. Uh, that's real meaningful to me, but I, I feel like he created us all to connect with it. He's a big God, so we can connect with him in, in different ways. When we yeah. see in the scriptures that the Lord does something and then his people respond. And yeah. so sometimes in seasons of dryness, we think, I have to muster this up. I need to get away and kind of set up this idyllic experience mm. for myself to experience the Lord and to encounter him and... Um, Sometimes that is what we need, but I I think there's caution there in saying that we will somehow get ourselves out of spiritual dryness and that okay, we will muster up praise and study or whatever. And actually, we see throughout the scriptures that the Lord moves, the Lord saves, He creates, we respond, we respond, we respond. And so if we will just look around, then um, yeah, it it takes a lot of pressure off of us to kind of be like, well, I I need to, I, I know that I'm supposed to, no, 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 look around. The Lord has done things. He's always moving and acting first. He initiates, you respond. Yeah. And he woos us. Yes. Oh. He, he's the one who draws us. I think too uh, about like, if you think about a relationship with your friend or husband or whatever, there's probably 10 things that you can describe as these mountaintops. Like if, yep. you, if I said, Misty, your 10 favorite things of your whole life with David, you're going to tell me of a few things. Mm-hmm. Misty, tell me about your 10 worst things. Mm-hmm. You're going to tell me this horrible fight or disagreement, mm-hmm. whatever. But for the most of your life, it's in the middle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think even defining, quote unquote, spiritual dryness, you're going to have these high, amazing times. Mm-hmm. I can think of a few times with the Lord where I'm like, Oh my gosh, you're like here, you know. Yes. And but I can think of a few times where I'm like, did you forget me? Yeah. yeah. But for the most part, we kind of live in the middle, which is normal. So yes. I think to not always be gauging, n- not always gauging every second. Well, where am I? Am I? Am I walking with God? Is He here? Is He yes. not? And I think that just becomes it'll wear you out. Like if you said to your husband, David, do you love me? Do you love yeah. me? Do you love me? Yeah. Do you love me today? Yeah. He's going to be like, <laughs> Yeah. What am I feeling I've today? What am I feeling that, today? Yeah. You know? yeah. I told and you that. That is and great. It wears, it'll wear him out, yeah. and it wears us out to always be trying to put this gauge on, yeah. what is my spiritual life like today? Uh-huh. That's great wisdom for new believers, too, because oh, yeah. often when we come to faith, it is a mountaintop experience, yes. and it should be. It is the moment of your yeah. salvation. You've been brought from death to life. But then they kind of go home. or That's the, week, the wedding ceremony. The week goes yeah, on. right. Yeah, the week goes on, and yeah. they're like, wait, what? And they try to get back to this, yeah. and it's like, actually, most of our faith, like you said, is just that middle ground where we're just 
going to the grocery store and folding laundry. And, and I'm mm-hmm. going to figure it out today. How do yeah. I walk with you today? Mm-hmm. How do I obey you today? Mm-hmm. How do I say what you want me to say today? How do I notice who you want me to encourage today? Mm-hmm. How do I know who to pray for today? It's just that. It's not exciting. It's yeah. just... You can be faithful every day. It's faithful. That's the word. Yeah. Yeah. Everyday faithfulness in the small and the big and expecting that most... I like that. Expecting that most of life is is just sort of the nitty-gritty every day and it's not... But then someday you pray for somebody or someday you do something or say something to someone and then it comes back to you and like, oh, Mm -hmm. you heard that. Yeah. You answered that. Oh my gosh, that person noticed that. And then you go... You really are there, yeah. you know, and then you have that momentary like, oh my gosh, I'm really not alone in this. Yes. This is true, and mm-hmm. you're really with me, and and you heard when I asked you to fight my battles, and I thought I was all alone, and you weren't doing it, and then yeah. the next day something happens, you're like, oh, you did that, yeah. mm-hmm. and so I, I think there are those those moments where God's like, I'm, I really am here. Yeah. yeah, I really have you. Yeah. Yeah, one of the things uh, that you and I talked about just a little earlier, Judy, that meant a lot to me and was a great reminder to me is, um, and I'm actually going to let you draw that example between your walk with the Lord and your deep friendships with people. Tell us about uh, what that experience is like when somebody shares something deep with you and how that sort of translates to your walk with the Lord. So I think sometimes, uh, I think one of the things that's important in our relationship with God is journaling. Mm-hmm. I mean, for me. Yeah. yeah. Because thinking for me is not in my head. It's mm-hmm. in words somehow, either mm-hmm. verbally writing it down, like that's thinking, that's processing. So I like to journal. And I feel like when somebody, when you meet a friend or you have a friend and they tell you something that is like secret, you know, yeah. something they're very vulnerable about, something they've experienced or in their life or in their relationship with God or whatever it is. And they share something with you that you think, oh gosh, this is really deep or you're entrusting me with something. And it makes me feel close to them. Mm-hmm. It makes me feel like, wow, you're trusting me with something that's really significant to you. And I feel like that's the same thing when we are journaling or talking or to God or praying or whatever, to be really honest with Him and be really vulnerable. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like you were saying with your mentor, you know, mm-hmm. you can kind of tell the half thing, you yeah. know, like I can kind of dance around this for a minute, but here's the real thing. So I think when we're praying um, or journaling or writing out, to be really vulnerable with God and be like, okay, I'm thinking this, and I know that that's, ugh, I yeah. know that this is not good or... yeah. You know, righteous or whatever the thoughts yeah. are, um, to be really honest with him makes me feel closer to him yeah. because it's like I'm really trusting you here with my guts, which is so dumb because he knows him anyway. Psalm sure. 139, he sure. knows every single thing. But when I say those words or yeah. I write those words out loud, like, okay, God, I'm really confessing this, not just confessing some random blanket sin, but like, right. God, I'm thinking this, and I know that that's not in yeah. my best or for your glory. So. I just want to say that to you. Then I feel closer to him. Yes. Then I feel like I've opened my heart. Can you come in here and fix this? Because yes. I don't exactly know how to fix yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And make me want to want to be holy. There you go. I love yeah. that. Make me want to. Lord, want to I be don't holy. feel like really wanting yeah. to walk with you right now. I'm going to just tell you that honestly. Uh-huh. Would and sometimes you come I have a choice. I'm like, that. do I want this or do I want holy to be holy? I don't remember the sermon. It was probably two or three years ago. Sitting in Christ Chapel, I know where I was sitting. I don't even know who the who was speaking that week, but it was something about holiness. And I thought, I want to I want to be holy more than I want fill in the blank. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so 
sometimes for me, if I'm being really vulnerable with the Lord, here's what I'm thinking, feeling, wanting, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. But you know what, God, I really do want to be holy more. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So help me with that. Mm-hmm. There have been times too where I've just had to say, and you know what, I'm going to wait for you. I'm going to wait for uh, you to reveal yourself. To I know you're there. Your word is there. Your word is true. I'm standing on the truth of that. I'm going to wait for you to kind of feel that connection. And would you help me to be patient? And you know, make would you me help want me to, to want? Make me want to want. And, and make yeah. me faithful while while I wait for the feeling to return. Yes. I mean, yeah. yeah. The, the feeling if it ever not, does, maybe yeah. it never does. This side of heaven. The feeling yeah. is not bad. Like, yes, it, it's right. It's not. It's wonderful. It's, it's wonderful. Just, yeah. We can't live. We can't just live in this thing that we're going to have this feeling. Yes. yes. It's not so, realistic. And, yeah. Not in any relationship. Yeah. 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 That's a great point. I mean. I don't feel any. When I think of some of my favorite people on the planet, it's not like I have this rush of, <gasps> you know, yeah. that's yeah. not yeah. normal. You're just like, oh, I love them. I'm committed to them. Here's yeah. the values that we share. Here's yeah. the things that I love about them. I would give them a kidney if they need it. Yeah. I mean, all the things. Yeah. It's like, but those are the facts. Yeah. Yeah. That's and good. And when I see them, oh, I've missed you. I might feel those feelings. Yeah. But you don't just, I don't know. I don't think we just sit in a big pile of feelings all the time. No. No, I think this has been a great reminder to me of that, too, that uh, how much I equated as I've been thinking about this, uh, what I would call seasons of dryness with really just seasons of not feeling Yeah, mm-hmm. what I know to be true. Um, yeah, that whole faith is not a feeling thing has been a great reminder to me as we've been thinking through this for sure. One of the yeah. things I did a long time ago, um, this was one summer in Colorado, and I kind of did a, an assessment. Um, I wrote, I got a notebook, and I wrote on pay, the first page, God, what are things you did this past year that showed mm. me your mercy? And then next page, God, what are things that you did this year that showed me, that excited me? Whatever. It was kind of just evaluating this past year, where did God show his faithfulness? Where did he show mercy? Where did he show me that he was really with me? Where are What are the answered prayers? And I, I don't know, it was six or eight pages. I found it not too long ago. It was kind uh-huh. of interesting. But it was really a good time to kind of reassess the year of... Where are the things that God showed himself to me? Because, yeah. you know, I'm not going to read through all the pages of journals or whatever, but that was kind of an assessment. Yeah. And then it was yeah. like, And it pushed you to go there. back and look and see where God really was. You've been there. Yeah. You have been there. Yeah. And, yeah. and it was you wooing me. It was exactly what yeah. you're saying. It wasn't me trying to figure out how to feel something. Yeah. It was things where God showed himself. Yeah. And you're just documenting what is true. It, there's a connection to me between that and that. Uh, like if nature really speaks to you, getting outside and noticing mm-hmm. the wings of a bird, the clouds in the sky or whatever, it's just stopping and taking note of what God has created, what God has done, and standing on that as opposed to, oof, right now I'm just not feeling. So it. maybe yeah. that's one yeah. of the things, standing and noticing. Pause. Yeah. Pause. Yeah. Pause. Well, Pause. and I think about all, th- again, all through Scripture, we see there are certain things that we do in the Old Testament there were certain times of the year that were set aside mm. for sacrifices. Now, when we gather, we take communion, we um, do baptism. I mean, there there are things that we do that remind us of what God has done and who He is. Mm-hmm. And as Christians, we commit to those things mm. regardless of whether we feel like doing them or not. Mm-hmm. I don't always feel like showing up to church on a Sunday yeah. morning, but I've committed to this act of remembrance yeah. or to communion, an act of remembrance of the sacrifice of Christ, even yearly. 
we celebrate Easter as an act of remembrance and our response, like we were saying, is praise. And so sometimes that kind of going back and seeing, okay, Lord, what have you done? And even some of the liturgical things mm-hmm. that call those to mind. Um, well, it's the thing you were saying earlier when we were talking about the doxology. Yeah. Yeah, the, go for it. Let's go ahead. Uh, where where oh, you were praying through. No, that's great. Praying through uh, Jude. You love that doxology in Jude. Oh, yeah. At, at the end of Jude, maybe, you know, the most famous doxology in Scripture. So Jude is just written a very compact 25 verses here and warning against false teachers, really. And uh, he says, Now to him, God, who is able to keep you from stumbling and present you blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy, to the only God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ, our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion, and authority before all time and now and forever. Amen. And so he says to God who keeps us from stumbling, Mm -hmm. you do not keep yourself from stumbling. You will not keep yourself in salvation. Mm. You will not keep yourself in obedience. You will not keep yourself in joy. God keeps you from stumbling, and He presents you blameless before the presence of His glory. So it's not my glory that I'm even being mm-hmm. presented. It's it's all Him. Mm-hmm. And my response then is praise. And that is exactly what Jude says, mm-hmm. to Him be glory, majesty, dominion, and authority. I think one thing I've learned and just have been thinking about in this discussion and as we've been thinking about it over the last few weeks is how much of this uh, is like taking my eyes off myself and stop gazing inward mm-hmm. and just putting my eyes on the Lord. And y'all exactly. both reminded me of that so much today. I think a lot of, uh, maybe I'm just overthinking it, you yeah. know, over, th- part of it is being too wrapped up in maybe what my feelings are, but some of it might just be the overthinking it thing. Like, hey, show up, you know, the Lord's with you, do the faithful thing over and over again. Yep. And and at some point you have that mountaintop experience again, and, and then that's going to fade too, and then you're just going to keep doing this until you go to glory. Yeah, that's been a really, that's been helpful uh, for me to hear uh, both of you say. And Missy, I think yeah. your thing too of just noticing and pausing. Yeah. We're always doing, we're always thinking, yes. we're always feeling, and just to kind of notice and pause. And it goes kind of back on creation and nature, but... Um, you know, I told you I like hymns, but one of the things that I was thinking about is how great thou art. Mm. It says, O Lord, my God, when I an awesome wonder, consider all the worlds thy hands have made. I see the stars, mm. I hear the rolling thunder, thy power throughout the universe displayed. Then mm-hmm. sings my soul, my Savior God to thee, how great thou art. When I notice what you've done, when I notice what you've created, then sings my soul, my God, how great thou art. So I I don't go through a busy day checking off my to-do list and stop and go, oh, God, how great thou art, because I'm so busy. I don't stop and notice. When I an awesome wonder, consider. Hmm. So words, stop, pause, notice, consider. Hmm. We don't do that. It's not very American. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We go and we check off yeah. our to-do list and we do the next thing and we're busy and we don't stop, we don't pause, we don't meditate, we don't consider. And all those words are in Scripture. Um, when you do that and you consider what God has done, when you consider He willfully went to the cross to pay the penalty for our sins, mm-hmm. then you go, my God, how great mm-hmm. thou art. And when our souls are saying things like that, my God, how great thou art, you're not dry. <laughs> There's no dryness in that. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes that noticing is 
you know, like we're talking about that can be really important here. That noticing is showing up to your Bible study table and you may not have anything to give and you barely finished the homework or didn't finish it at all. And you didn't even really, you just scan for answers um, and you come dry Mm -hmm. and Sometimes that noticing is listening to the answers the other women at your table give mm-hmm. and what God's doing in their life and how mm-hmm. the Spirit was speaking to them through this passage. Mm-hmm. That kind of habitual showing up mm-hmm. is one of the ways that I think we overcome that feeling, again, of dryness. And we say, okay, Lord, you know, I haven't even been looking for you this week but you but, just jumped right in front of me. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. I see the way that you're moving in my friend's life or how you've changed my parents' heart or whatever that is, how you've changed the situation, even though it doesn't really have anything to do with me. It might be even just a friend looking at you or sitting in your small group and you start to say something and someone makes real eye contact mm-hmm. with you and you're like, mm-hmm. I just felt seen. I just yeah. felt noticed. And... God, thank you. That was sweet. Mm-hmm. I mean, and every it can good be gift is from little. Yeah, yeah, it can be. I like you said, most of life is lived in the everyday. Most things are little. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but not to be overlooked. I think that's been one of the great mm-hmm. convictions. I think in the last five or ten years of my life is do not overlook the small things that the Lord has done. Like mm-hmm. you said, notice them. Notice them. Okay. Before we close. I, uh, I think we've done lots of good equipping here. I've, I have gotten lots of good ideas of ways to think about uh, my walk with the Lord, particularly in times of maybe where I am either purposefully walking away or uh, just not feeling excited about it. What's I want to end on, a, on, a, on an encouraging note. What's one thing you might say to somebody? Let's say we're having lunch together and... Um, I share with you, I just am not feeling like pursuing the Lord these days. I, I just, I'm not, I, I'm not into it. I know He loves me. I, I'm, I'm committed to this. I'm just not into it right now. What, what would you say to me? What would you say to someone who's listening? Who's just some encouragement for if you're in one of those seasons right now, stretches of life. What do you think, Cameron? There are two things okay. here, and one that we touched on earlier, but. Um, Sometimes we need to adjust our mental and emotional health okay. before we can. Yeah. So I think I would I would say to someone, um, how how's your mental health? How's your emotional health? Yeah. Those things really are so sure. interwoven with our spiritual health. Um, and to just you know offer that is mm-hmm. that might that might solve more than you think it would. Yeah. Um, and then two, I think of. Exodus, where the Lord leads mm. his people into a desert, into a wasteland, and they look around and they say, we have nothing, and there's nothing here, and um, which wasn't totally true. He did provide for them there, but actually his judgment on them in Exodus does not come because they are in the desert. It is when they sin in the desert and when they rebel against him. And so I would say the Lord is with you wherever you are. Turn your eyes to him. Um, even if everything around you seems dry and barren. Oh, that's good. That's that's good. That's yeah. something you Don't can bow to, to a lesser idol. Yeah. It, it won't it won't fulfill. That's gold. Love that. I think um I think of the verse restore to me the joy of my salvation mm. and renew a right spirit within me. And I would say to my friend, say, you know what, I totally get it. Mm-hmm. So I if I were you even if you don't want to, I would start praying that God would restore to you the joy of your salvation. 
and renew a right spirit within you. Mm-hmm. And there again, Cameron's right. It's God doing it. It's not yeah. me saying, okay, God, I'm going to I'm going to fake it till I make it or uh-huh. I'm going to I'm going to work this out and I'm going to be I'm going to do this for you. If you ask him, Lord, restore to me the joy of my salvation. That is on him. Yeah. And this he's on, able. He's able. This is on you. Yeah. You you know what it takes to get me back to that place. You know me mm-hmm. intimately. So restore to me the joy of my salvation and renew a right spirit within me. Because that spirit of I don't want you, God, is not a right spirit. Yeah. So Ooh. you renew a right spirit in me. And I'm putting it on him. But I'm going to ask him. Yeah. I'm going to ask him to do that. Yeah. And guess what? Yeah. <laughs> He'll do it. He will yeah, do it point. because that's his will that we yeah. would draw close to him. And yeah, and we're and with that yeah. friend, I would pray for that friend. I would pray that verse for that friend. Yeah, I would love that friend. I would go out of my way to be the best friend I could possibly yeah. be mm-hmm. because they need to see if they're not trusting that God is there with them for them, cheering them on. Maybe I'm his hands and feet that day. Mm-hmm. So I'd be there for that person mm-hmm. in any way that I could think of. But I would be praying that verse for them, and I would ask them to pray the same thing. Beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. Love it. Y'all have great wisdom. I, I am so glad to get to do this alongside of you. have been very encouraged myself, have some great ideas for my own heart, have some great ideas for the, some ways that I can walk alongside others in this. And let me pray for us before we go. Lord, you are good and you are great. And I thank you that you know us, you know our hearts, you know that there are seasons in life. You love us through those. Lord, I pray that you would restore the joy of our salvation um, for each of us today and in the days to come. I pray that each day, uh, whether uh, we're in a stretch that's hard, a stretch that's mundane and everyday or a stretch that's just really pretty happy and easygoing, Lord, that there would be the joy of our salvation, um, the joy of knowing that you called us each and every day. Mm-hmm. Lord, would you um, be our encouragement and would your word equip us um, for all of the uh, things in life that you call us to. We love you, Lord. We're grateful for you. I'm grateful for these friends of mine and how uh, you have equipped them to um, love you well. And it's in your holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.